This is the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast with Christopher Like. To connect with the show, send us an email to gameday at txhsfbgameday.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at txhsfbgameday. Hello and welcome to the Texas Football Game Day Podcast. My name is Christopher Like. In this episode, we'll be chatting with your podcast football coach, Austin Flynn. Austin is heading into his third season as the coach of the New Buccaneers and has quite a journey prior to joining the Texas High School Football Coaching League. We'll talk all about that as well as dive into his rivalry with one of the great, with one of the great quarterbacks in Texas High School Football history, Drew Tate. We'll talk about that with him. Kind of bored Austin in just a moment. But uh, after we finish with Austin Flynn, we'll give you a little bit of a sneak preview of the interview we have coming up in our ne- next episode, which we're very Jason Herring. Just a very interesting little uh, interview we had with Ted Jason. Look forward to playing that for you in our next episode. Uh, as always, this show would not be possible without the support of you, the listener. Please feel free to uh, give us a follow on the various platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Google, wherever you listen to your favorite streaming audio. We're now available on Spotify and Anchor and as well as YouTube at the time of this release. So uh, if we're not on there yet, uh, please be patient until we'll get, uh, get, get on there as soon as we can. Uh, if you, if you, find it, you can find the video podcast. On, on YouTube, as I just said. Uh, check out our social media at Texas High School Football Game Day, TXHSFB Game Day, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, for the links, and uh, when they become available. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback and uh, give us a positive rating. Every little bit helps, uh, and none of this would be possible without you. Uh, and I certainly, I greatly appreciate that. Uh, so with that said, here is Austin Glenn, and then we'll be having a sneak peek of our interview with Jason Herring coming up in the next episode. We have uh, Austin Glenn. Uh, I mentioned he is the head coach of the Deer Park Deer. Uh, uh, and Austin, uh, first question I got for you is uh, how did you get started in, in coaching? Oh, it's a good question. I, uh, both my parents were coaches. Yeah, and teachers actually in the at Deer Park ISD uh, forever, and um, actually just retired not too long ago. And um, you know, so I've always always been in and out of of coaches' offices, and um, kind of seeing the ins and outs of that. I guess that's always somewhat been in the back of my mind that that would be something I'd want to do. Uh, not necessarily that was the goal set out uh, when I went to college, but. Um, you know, again, probably more so just always in the forefront of my, my head uh, that I could always fall back to. And ended up being done with college, had an opportunity to go with uh, to rookie minicamp uh, in Baltimore, uh, left left there um, fairly quick and, and came home, really had nothing else that uh, was going on. And actually a good friend of mine was coaching at South Houston High School at the time, and uh, I didn't have my certificate. Uh, my teacher's certification, I should say, uh, and 
a buddy of mine said, Hey, come on, come over here and, and coach. You can, you know, you can get certified as you, as you go. And, uh, from there just became a defensive backs coach and a receivers coach at Southeastern high school for, for one year, as I was getting certified, got certified that year and then became a defensive coordinator. And I had never been a defense coordinator in my life, uh, or even coached defense or played defense really had no idea. And, uh, coach C.L. Whittington over there at the time, longtime Houston Oilers legend, uh, was the head coach and gave me that opportunity. And, you know, he really kind of helped me out along the way and uh, as far as defensively. So I, I was a D.C. for him for three years over at South Houston and then had an opportunity to go up to college for seven years and, and now just completed my second year here. So it's been an interesting journey for me. And, uh, again, not necessarily what I was – absolutely going to do or knew that I was going to do, but uh, again, probably more so just somewhat fate for me, I guess. Yeah. When, when you last, uh, before you went to Deer Park, uh, uh, you start, you were at the college level at Grandview College yep. in, in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, yep. in Iowa. You started out as a defensive coordinator and then switched to No. So I went up there as a defensive backs coach. And uh, was was a DB's coach there, and again, kind of the same thing at South Houston. Um, at South Houston, after my first year, a defense coordinator left and moved on to another job, uh, and that's how I got that one. And at Grandview, I went up there as a DB's coach, and our offense coordinator had left, and then our head coach at the time, Mike Woodley, who was at Saint Rayburn as a head coach, uh, I think it was like oh four, oh five, oh six, or somewhere along those lines. Um, he gave me an opportunity to be the offense coordinator right away. And again, I wasn't even, I hadn't even been a coordinator yet, but just get, was given that opportunity. So, um, but I was there for seven years, six as an OC and one as a DB's coach. Of course, in 2013, you guys won in the national, the NAIA national championship. Which you right. You were the offensive coordinator. Right. What was that experience like trying to learn the, learn the ropes as, in coaching as a college coordinator. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the highlights, uh, and if not the, the highlight of my coaching career. Uh, a lot of fun. I, mean, I had never been in that situation where I won our last, you know, game. And uh, it just uh, – it, it was interesting. And just kind of the process of how it got to that point, you know, and, and the guys that we recruited – so you just kind of take a lot in from that and, you know, how did you get there? You know, what did you do right? Um, so I, I just – it was just a really, really neat experience. And then obviously getting to play, you know, at, at the highest level. And, you know, you could say, well, it's only NAIA level, but it's all relative, in my opinion, to be able to win a championship, uh, whether you're Alabama or whatever the case may be. I mean, it, it all feels the same and, and the level that you're at. And uh, so it was, It was again, probably the highlight of my career uh, as far as my coaching career. Um, very, very interesting, uh, you know, way we got there and how it all happened and unfolded. And, uh, I mean, nobody kind of sees this part of it, but Granby University didn't start their college uh, football program until 2007. So to get that fast and to win it all, it's it's – pretty amazing you know once you look back you know at the time maybe you don't appreciate how how good that was but uh you know looking back it's pretty amazing how fast and, and you, you get you know get all the all the credit in the world to mike woodley our head football coach at the time uh at grandview and uh, you what prompted you to come to back to texas at uh, park 
Well, obviously, I'm from here, graduated here. I knew, uh, I know this community well, but like I said, both my parents were Deer Park ISD employees for a long time, coaches and teachers. And, um, you know, to be able to, my wife, uh, I dated my wife in high school here, uh, and her, some of her family is still here. Um, and she was up in Iowa with me, which is her first time, uh, being 15 hours away. So, it was, you know, an opportunity, obviously, just to come back home or come closer to home is, is probably always an easier thing to do for your family. Uh, and then secondly, I, I think we can win here. And, and it's, I believe, one of the best schools in the state. You know, like we talked about, I mean, it's a single horse uh, school. And it's something that uh, I really think that we can get going again and, and get back to, to our winning traditions. And I think uh, this past year uh, really showed you that in the district that we were in that uh, we we can build something special here and that's that's the biggest biggest thing you know we want an opportunity to do some special things and i think this place can provide that we've got a great administrative support uh you know our community is involved in this I and mean, it's just that's kind of the total package uh for your head coaching your first head coach you said i'm completely lucky to uh, to get this opportunity of course you followed it up uh you were following chris massey uh, Chris Massey, yep. uh, yes, coaches, sir. Coaches in, yes, uh, sir. One of the probably the most successful coach at Deer Park. Following following his footsteps, and what what advice did yeah. he give you when it comes to coaching? Well, you know, it's uh, those are huge shoes to fill, and obviously you're going to come up short, uh, whichever way you look at it. But um, you know, and shoot, they just got done winning the district championship uh, the year that he retired, and and so. You know, to try to follow that up, and especially the district that we switched into uh, that that spring, uh, we knew that would be a tough challenge. Um, so we knew the the winning ways that he's already already provided us. Like you said, one of the most winning is coaches, uh, tenured guys here at Deer Park High School. He's he's a Deer Park legend. Um, so those those are huge shoes to fill. Uh, you know, and he all and he still comes by every now and again and always gives little tips. You know, obviously. Uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into it that that nobody sees us behind the scenes that he that he shows you and tells you and you know what he's done in the past and and things that uh, you know were positives for him that that we've obviously continued. You know, for example, I mean he uh, he started. We've got this this great thing that we do every single year. Camp Courage. Him and his wife had come up with and uh, has special needs uh, uh, camp that we bring in and. Uh, again, a lot of things that are behind the scenes that we've continued because of him. And uh, so there's always little tidbits here and there that, uh, that when he does still come by, uh, we'll share. And, and you just try to learn and soak in as much as you can from anybody, uh, especially somebody that's been uh, in the place that you're at and been so successful at the place that you're at. Uh, you try to take a lot of those great positive things that they do and, and then try to build off of that, you know, and also bring your own ideas and spin some things and, and see if you can also improve uh, the great things that he's done in the past. Now, talking with uh, Austin Flynn, the head coach at uh, Deer Park, uh, you, you were, you, in high school you had a, a good uh, uh, rivalry with Rutek uh, at Baytown Lee. Uh, what oh, was, yeah. What, what was that rivalry like with him? And we went off in the multiple sports, uh, football and baseball. You've done your research. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, Drew Tate is, is, you know, at the time, I think he broke up just about every passing record in the state of Texas. And he was a year younger than I was. And, 
I never could beat him, uh, at least in football. And the two years that I was a starter, and then I think he he may even been a four-year starter, but he was you know a year younger than me. But as a junior, when I first started here at Deer Park, he was already starting as a sophomore. So uh, I just it was one of the better games that I had in one half. I think we were up maybe fourteen to zero, fourteen seven and a half, and I had hurt my back right before that, and didn't really get to play much the second half. And he ended up coming back and beating us twenty-one fourteen following year have one of my better games again offensively but he just outguns me and I mean they may have they may be just like 55 to 35 or something like that but uh never could get over the hump with them and Baytown Lee and, and Coach Olin I uh, still am good friends with him and, and get a lot of advice from me you know you talk about some some legends around uh the Houston area especially the east side you know talk about Chris Massey you talk about Dick Olin um so you still get a lot of advice from those guys but um you know, and then I think he was committed to Texas A&M at the time. Uh, Drew was, and uh, he was committed to Iowa State, and then obviously went up there a year before him. I thought I'd never have to see him again, and, and all of a sudden he kind of—I think it was really, really late, if, if I remember right—of uh, him committing to the University of Iowa. So that was that was interesting. And then he he came comes up and obviously uh, plays quarterback and, and does a heck of a job for that program and has a ton of wins. Probably the most memorable Iowa win was. I think they were playing Florida and, and the um, it may have been the Orange Bowl in the bowl game. I don't know if that was 2004-ish or 2005, but um, you know we we went round and round. I finally got him my junior year, his sophomore year. We Iowa State beat Iowa, uh, so that was that was a nice nice little perk for myself personally. But um, you know, so we, I've I've seen him a lot. Uh, I don't know him very well, but uh, but we've. We've played a lot of games against each other, and, and like you said, multiple sports. We put, he played baseball. I played baseball in high school. Played him a lot, and a lot of things. And uh, one of the truly special players. And uh, I don't know. We don't think we do a Hall of Fame type deal, but as you can imagine, with all the records that he broke, he'd be in that conversation, if not in that, if we did. Now, when when you you played, you played quarterback at Iowa State and then switched over to wide receiver. What yes, sir. That, what was that transition like going from quarterback to wide receiver and doing yeah. drills? It was tough. At the end of the day, you know, I, I was recruited as a quarterback, went up there as a quarterback, got an opportunity to play my redshirt freshman year. We have one of the best quarterbacks I've ever been around, the most athletic, and Seneca Wallace played in the league for, I don't know, 10-plus years. Um, but one of the best athletes, and he was only 5'10", and you can just imagine – Playing the NFL, being five ten, when it wasn't that popular. Now you you know you got the Kyler Murray's of the days now that that could be able to do that. And he reminds me of him a lot. But uh, you know, not that long ago, everybody wanted the six four quarterbacks. Well, you know, he's five ten and still made it in the league that long. I mean, he was a special special player, one of the best players I've ever seen in person. So, um, you know, got to got to really experience a lot and learn a lot from him. My red shirt year. Uh, my first year, and that was his senior year. Then got the opportunity to start uh, as a quarterback that next year as a redshirt freshman. Uh, we went two and ten. Was not a very good experience, and I was not very good. Probably wasn't ready to go. Uh, wasn't as good as I thought I was, that's for sure. But uh, the next year, uh, my redshirt sophomore year, uh, split time with another quarterback, and really about midway through the season, got benched um, and was was a true number two. Uh, behind a guy that was younger, and then that spring, my redshirt sophomore year, uh, you know, I, and it crossed my mind to transfer. You know, it's it's um, that was a tough situation because you just felt like 
you know, you could be the guy somewhere and wanted to really play quarterback. That's all you really played your entire life. And uh, I just felt like I was committed to that program. I, regardless of whatever ever happened, <laughs> the coaching staff approached me about maybe making a position change. I thought I was all for it. Just wanted to play, wanted to do something, wanted to help the team some way, somehow on the field. And uh, that spring ended up uh, starting at, uh, as a receiver, kind of a slot receiver. And um, it worked out for me. Got to start the next two years, my junior and senior year. And uh, so it was a great success story, and, and but it was a lot of turbulence in there. And, uh, you know, I did. still today, still thank all those coaches for, you know, hanging in there with me a little bit and giving me an opportunity to maybe do something else. Uh, and it worked out, you know, I, I think for everybody. And, uh, you know, I, I, it was fun, and I'm glad I did it. Looking back on it, it was probably the best decision, probably what I should have done coming out of college. I remember Texas Tech wanted me to play receiver coming out, didn't want me to play quarterback. They were probably right all the way along. So, I uh, just they kind of never know how it's going to go, and uh, but again, it was it was it's a success story in my mind. Uh, looking back on it, well, who are your main influences as far as coaching goes, and and what are you looking for uh, in the future as a growing as a coach? Yeah, you know, I think uh, first and foremost is my parents. You know, again, just being coaches and just always being around them, and, and kind of seeing how they went about their day and how they handled. Um, you know, young women, young young kids all the way around. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously you just have a lot of people that always that helped you one way or the other and that you learn from, you know, whether it's good and bad. You know, I think you could always take the bad experiences and learn from that and make it a positive one. So um, so there's a lot of those, um, a lot of people that have, that have really helped me out along the way. David Elmore was my head coach at um, – at uh, Deer Park High School, you know, guys like Tim Smith was the offense coordinator, a quarterback's coach at the time, and kind of really got me off the ground and, and going a little bit. Mark Melliron at Deer Park, um, you know, you go all the way to college with Dan McCarney is one of the probably Iowa State's legendary coaches uh, of all time there and uh, what he did and um, probably the most energy I've ever seen from anybody uh, and Dan McCartney just all the time, always going 24 seven. Um, I wish I had that type of energy that, that he possessed and the passion that he had for it. Um, you know, Mike Grant, our, our receivers coach, Todd Fitch, Barney Cotton. I mean, so many guys in there involved in your playing career. And then, you know, obviously the head coaches that you coach for CL Whittington at Southeast high school taught me a ton, you know, on the defense side, how to manage, uh, coaches and players, uh, and then Mike Willie is one of the best I've ever been around as well. Um, just the way he can relate to kids, and uh, I mean, it's, it's simply amazing. But so you know, I've taken everything, a lot of things from a lot of people, and stolen a lot of things. What I do now um, from from the majority of those people, but uh, you know, I, I think you know, in the near future, you know, you just always want to keep learning. You, you don't want to just um, think that you have all the right answers because you don't trying to figure out new ways uh, to be better. And it's not just being a coach on the field. It's, it's in the classroom, it's in the hallways, it's, you know, in the locker room, stuff along those lines. I mean, there's, you know, the time management, how to manage uh, a roster, how to manage the time as far as your practice, your scripts, your shells, uh, how can you make it better, more efficient? I mean, I think that's, uh, what I always try to try to do is just try to find the next thing that uh, that we can be more efficient and better at uh, throughout the the entirety of our program. 
what was it like with your mom as a coach and your dad as a coach and growing up with them as coaches? You know, it's it's one of those things where, again, you, you're just always around. You know, you, you're going on bus rides and, uh, <laughs> you know, going on away trips with them. And, uh, you know, you just get to experience and you get to see some things on on the on the other side of things, you know, as, as a parent, you know, maybe you don't see the, the ins and outs of things or what, what happens behind the scenes, the preparation, you know, whether you're washing clothes or, you know, there's just so many little things that, uh, that nobody gets to see, you know, you really get to see kind of the product of what happens, you know, on game day on whatever level that you're at. But, um, and then also just the preparations that they have, you know, how do they get to game day, you know, from, you know, assigning uh, who carries the clipboard in or, you know, it's just it's so many little things that uh, that I got to experience that a lot, a lot of kids get to do. And uh, so that's that's what I always, you know, look back on and, and just the experiences that I had with that and, uh, and good and bad. And even there's bad situations that, that, that may arise that you look at and, okay, what could I have done different or what do they wish they would have done differently? And, you know, you always ask advice from them, you know, what, uh, you know, how to handle certain situations because you can't blanket everything all on one thing. I mean, everything's, um, you know, so many different individuals that, uh, that you have to treat things, you know, different bases or individual bases. So, uh, there's just so many things. I mean, shoot, I, I, and let's just not act like that. I was always sitting in the meeting room and watching film with my dad. Uh, you know, I was probably screwing around half the time to whether I was, playing in the locker room with the guys or something along those lines. I mean, uh, and those are kind of the neat uh, experiences that you have, uh, you know, that other kids and um, can't endure or, or can't, uh, can't see. So uh, there's a lot, there's so many experiences and lessons that I learned from them. And uh, probably the biggest reason why I'm sitting in, in the seat that I am now. As far as your team now, uh, looking at the team uh, yeah. today, um, what are, what what, is, uh, what are you looking forward to at this season, and and what did you learn as you, as as you grew as the, as the head coach for the last couple of years? Yeah, so when I, I became the head coach, I think it was February twelfth, two thousand eighteen, and we actually had, I think we just had the realignment, or right after the realignment that I was hired, but um, you know we. We see the district that we got into the last two years with with obviously North Shore and, and the the elite um, players that they had the last two years, <clears throat> and then obviously you had in Beaumont Westbrook who ended up getting second in that in Division Two uh, in 2018 as well. You know CE King and Channel View, and then obviously Laporte is who's our big rival. Doesn't matter you can throw away every single record there is. It's going to be a great game. Um, so there's, it was, we look, you know, you look at that schedule, uh, and then you play Katie Taylor, who this past season, uh, they're had their great run in the playoffs, and and what their coach staff does, they do a, a heck of a job. Clear Creek and Coach Lane, and then you also play Port Arthur as your opener. Uh, so we knew going into my first year, you know, obviously you needed to get the the playbook and all that type of stuff going, and and because uh, everything was going to be new to those kids, and then obviously getting the staff to to do the same thing. So there was a lot to do that first spring. Uh, some regrets that I have, uh, you know, we, we didn't, we, I didn't do some things that I, you know, look back that I wish I would have done a little bit better job at and uh, didn't have 
you know, I guess the fairy tale first season that you want, uh, go four and six, but I felt like we were close. I mean, there was about four games in there that we lost by 10 or less points and really had a, felt like we had a legitimate shot at winning. So we knew we weren't close or we weren't far off. Um, so at the end of the day, we wanted to see if we could turn some of those things and the lessons that we learned. And, and I think we surely did and getting second in that district and going from four to six to seven to three in that regular season. Um, it was a great turnaround. Uh, now at this point, now with our new district, um, something that obviously you don't have North Shore or Beaumont Westbrook in, uh, but you still have some elite teams, you know, like Doby in the great year that they had. Uh, and then obviously playing against North Shore that first round, um, you know, doesn't indicate how good that team is. And with a lot of guys that are coming back with that passing memorial, you know, Channel View still in the district, and, and we've split with them one and one the last two years. So we know what they're capable of doing. We got very lucky to, to get our one win uh, against them last year. So uh, there's a lot of capable teams in this district that, uh, that you know, we're going to have to play just as hard and, and be as disciplined as we were this past season uh, for us to be successful and to be to where we want to be at the end of the year. So, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, the travel is going to be a lot better for us. That's about it. And uh, so we're excited about that part. And then not, now we do play Beaumont Westbrook, but they're probably going to be at home next year against us. So uh, we'll have to travel to Port Arthur or Beaumont and uh, or go across the bridge to, to any of those schools. So, uh, so the travel is going to be extremely good for us next year in that regard. But you lose Laporte going down to 5A Division I uh, yeah. in the district. Yeah. Uh, What's it like not having Laporte in that district? Well, you know, it's, it's you know, interesting. Um, now, by the two years that I started here, when I was a player here, we did not play Laporte in district, or they were not in our district. And then we didn't even have them in non-district. So I never got to play them. Um, so that was extremely weird to me at the time. And uh, now that they've dropped down and not in our district, I know they've been in our district forever now since that time. But, um it's very different, but at the same time, we're going to open up next year with them, still play them, It'll be our first non-district game. We're going to be at their place again this year. So it'll be an exciting, I think, home or an opener, season opener for us. Uh, you know, you could probably play them any any point in that year, and it's going to be very exciting uh, with a lot of people, a lot of excitement, a lot of passion into that game. But uh, to have it have a season opener on the road uh, will be a great challenge for us, and I think it'll be a lot of fun for our guys. <clears throat> You know, looking back at the 2018 and 2019 season, uh, you, you had a, a, a murderous row of teams on your schedule. Knowing what you know now about those teams and what they accomplished, what would you tell yourself before that? Before all that started? Uh, you know, it's, like I said, I mean, you look at that schedule and say, well, I mean, all the playoff teams that are in there, the potential playoff teams that are in there, um, I mean, it was all the way through. I mean, the first game was Port Arthur on the road. You know, it was my first first as a head coach, uh, <clears throat> first game. And how successful that program is, we knew that that would be a tough one, and they got after us pretty good that first one. Um, you know, and then you go to Clear Creek, who's who I think is, is very similar to us. Uh, I think through this, Owen Katie Taylor right after that, and uh, I thought one of the better teams that we played um, even with North Shore and Westbrook and all that, that, that last, that two years ago, uh, they had a great team. And um, 
so then you get a bye week and then all of a sudden, you know, you get into district and with channel view, I think we started off the channel view right away. And, uh, and we were on the road that way. So it was, it wasn't just the teams that were playing. It was just kind of the home and away, how it kind of laid out. We knew it was going to be extremely difficult. And, um, you know, at the same time, you felt like you go in each week, you, you, you felt like you can win and you convey that to the kids. And I think, I thought that first year we we felt like that we could win uh, every game, and that's I think a big part of that. At least going in the game to expect to win, and and that's what we really try to build uh, that first year. And I think that carried over to our second year last year, and uh, just the expectations of going in uh, to a game and a magnitude of that district and even the non-district games. Who are some of the players that you that, uh, look out for this year? Yeah, so I, I think. Um, you know, we, we bring our entire offensive line. We've got five uh, returning starters up front, and I think that uh, we'll really, really lean on hard. Um, you know, you could probably go all the way across the board, and Caleb Addison, our right tackle. Uh, Pierce Smith has been a two-year starter for us. Alex Gonzalez uh, playing center. Um, uh, Brendan Wiley at right guard. Uh, Ethan Alvarado is is, is – uh, was a sophomore last year, be a junior this year. That uh, you know, we really feel that those five guys uh, that we can really lean on. Obviously, having a, a year experience underneath their belt on the varsity level at the district that we've been playing, I think that gives us you know tremendous uh, tremendous idea that uh, you know that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lean on them pretty good uh, at least to start. You know, we lose two guys on the offensive side of the ball that were probably the most dynamic players that we've had in a long time here, and, and Marcus Molina and uh, Clyde Bellow, and then you even add in two other seniors at receiver, the the band, the Michael band is the Marcos Moreno's uh, that really did a lot for this program as far as productivity on the field. So uh, we've got to replace a lot of those skill guys, but uh, when you have your quarterback back, and Matthew Potts, uh, feel like we've got a quarter, another quarterback behind him that uh, that can do a lot of special things. Um, so we really like our depth at quarterback. Uh, but you know, you bring Matt Potts back into the mix and having the experience that he had with the offense line in there, and then a running back, Dylan Madden, uh, who we think uh, is another returner that uh, that's a big back for us and does some really good things. Uh, so I think we can really lean on those guys, and hopefully we've, we've got some young guys that will step up to the plate and uh, replace some of that productivity on offense. On defense, uh, we've got a lot of guys back again, uh, but we lose a lot of productivity in, in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, and all that. And Hayden Berryhill was a senior this year that uh, did a great job of nose guard for us. Uh, Rob Bonar was our Mike backer, so we kind of have two guys right back to back there that uh, that did a lot for us. The Tyler Davidsons at the ends that we got to try to replace, but we also bring back a lot of guys on the D line that uh, we had a, a six man rotation that uh, that at least four of those guys are, are coming back. So <clears throat> feel good about that, uh, but also got to have some guys that'll fill up, uh, you know, our, our Mike backer position. Um, because Rob did a, a ton for us as well. But uh, in the back end, Zach Frazee, Dylan Jones, uh, we've got some guys that are competing against them a little bit. Um, the Luke Moy at linebackers coming back. Uh, Garrett Bedford's coming back at linebacker. So, again, you know, telling these names that are all coming back, but uh, we had some special guys that, that uh, were seniors last year that we've got to try to replace and fill their shoes as much as we can. Welcome with uh, Austin Flynn, the head coach at Deer Park. Austin, I uh, appreciate your time. 
thank you to Austin Flint for the time. Uh, hopefully we can catch up with him in the near future, see how he has progressed with the Deer Park Deer uh, during the 2020 season. Always enjoyable to hear some how some of these coaches get their start and how they came up to the system of being a Texas Cycle football coach. Thank you all for this edition of the Texas Cycle Football Podcast. But before we sign off, here's a sample of our interview with Refurio Coach Jason Nelly. Now, here's a brief preview of the next edition of the Texas High School Football Game Day Podcast. What did you learn most about your time with Sam Harrell and, and Rod Rogers? Well, uh, Sam, uh, Sam did a, just a, a tremendous job of motivating kids and uh, motivating coaches and letting coaches coach. Uh, just a real meticulously organized great Christian man, just a, a good all around, almost like a father figure. Uh, Ross Rogers, in my opinion, had the best offensive mind of anybody uh, that I've ever been associated with. Ross was way, way, way ahead of the game. A lot of people don't even realize this, but way back before tempo and shotgun, no huddle, before it was even famous at Consolidated, Ross was running seven or eight plays, real hurry up fashion, just memorized. I think we had eight shotgun plays real hurry up. We all, we did them after a big play, make a big play. We'd all sprint down to the ball, snap it and run. You know, we'd just go shotgun one, shotgun five, shotgun eight. So Ross just was a, he, he's a great man, great father, uh, just a tremendous leader and head coach, but ne- never have I been around someone that in my opinion, uh, was so innovative offensively than Ross, uh, I would, and I was, and I was, I was with Ross a lot longer. I was only with Sam one year. I was re- with Ross three or four years, uh, and uh, I, no doubt I learned all of my football X's and O's from Ross Rogers. Just uh, like I say, he was, he was doing tempo way before tempo was even cool. He was doing shotgun way before shotgun was even cool. Uh, you know, now it's kind of taken over. Uh, he was, he was a multi, he was multiple spread way before that was even fancy to do you know what i mean so i learned a lot very blessed but thanks for listening to the texas high school football game day podcast with christopher like connect with the show by sending us an email to game day at txhsfbgameday.com or follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at txhsfbgameday